Animal Magnetism. Exploring animal care for creatures great and small. Conservation and preservation in today's world. Find out what a single voice can do to make a difference in the lives of animals. Animal Magnetism with Carolyn Hennessy starts right now on UVN Radio. Preservation Conservation host for Animal Magnetism. Welcome to my show. Such an interesting day because I think it is the only time in the history of this show that I'm flying solo. There's no producer, Andrea Compton. She's up doing her thing, her producer thing, up in uh, up in Seattle, kind of working behind the scenes. Grace Stafford is off, you know, saving species. Um, my 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 dear friend Tracy Powell is off teaching today, so it's just me and Quentin. Hi, Quentin. Say yes. Say hello. hello. There you go. <laughs> say hello. <laughs> yeah, I surprised him. Uh, my mic wasn't on. Sorry. <laughs> so it's just me, kids, with the fourth out of five episodes of my love letter to SeaWorld, that incredible institution. Of preservation and conservation, it's it's so interesting. I was actually speaking with a friend of mine yesterday, who was the photographer, the camera operator for our first series at SeaWorld, which was like four four or five years ago. And she she's very funny because she said um, that if people people dis SeaWorld, that is her that's her gauge, that's her. Um, that's her line in the sand. If people dis SeaWorld, they are out of her life. And I just think that's, I, I say, they can, they can not like it, but if they diss it publicly, they're gone. <laughs> I said, yay. Because once you go there, once you see what they are doing, especially going behind the scenes, as we did, you understand that they're doing nothing less than saving the planet. So, yay. Today, um, Tracy and I, who spent two days down there last June, behind the scenes, um, went. Uh, today, today you're going to see the footage from uh, our our journey into the avian uh, area, where they take care of birds. Because SeaWorld is not just about life in the sea; they also take care of birds that nest and live close to the sea. So seagulls and Turns and urns and all of those, all of those. Uh, you're going to see, you're going to see a lot of that today. And what they do. There's a wonderful doctor whose name is totally gone out of my head. That's okay because when I post this online, I will include her name. I will have it by then. I thought I could have. I thought I would remember. I don't. Anyway, but she's wonderful. Very soft, soft-spoken, but a real powerhouse when it comes to animal health. So you're going to see a lot of that today. Um, before. We get into the footage. I need to do a. I need. I need to do a couple of shout-outs, a couple of ads. First of all, for SeaWorld itself. Um, thank you for sponsoring this show. Thank you for being such a, a wonderful protector for animals in the ocean and this environment and this planet. Yay! All hail SeaWorld. We love it. And another sponsor, um, Maggie Hale, who was a hospice nurse for so many years decided enough is enough and she developed nutrient body sculpt for humans and it basically drains you of inflammation it's this wonderful sort of this this wet wrap process and when as a side note when you drain inflammation you also drain a few inches there you go there's that that's nutrient body sculpt but she said no more 
no more bad health for horses, dogs, cats. And so she developed Nutrient Touch. And I'm going to read it to you because she, put, she puts it very succinctly. It's full of micronutrients for your animals. What are micronutrients? Okay, quote, we believe horses and pets, dogs and cats, deserve to live the good life that nature intended. Foods need to be transformed into simpler things for their bodies to assimilate the nutrients. A series of chemical reactions takes place inside the body of a pet with the purpose of converting carbohydrates, fats, and proteins, the, the macronutrients into substances that are indispensable. These reactions are dependent on vitamins and minerals, which are known as micronutrients. Additional micronutrients are helpful when your pet is strained or in pain due to ailments, medication, or the aging process. And she lists the ingredients, and here are the product benefits. Relieves joint pain, reduces inflammation, increases mobility, keeps their coats shiny, soothes skin irritation. Say that three times fast soothes skin irritation, relieves itching, aids metabolism, activates enzymes, and supports the immune system. And you can find out, you can email Meggie at info at nutrienttouch.com or just simply go on to www.nutrienttouch.com. It's, 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 it's an amazing product if you're, and she said she's got, she's got tales of dogs that were really on the verge, on the verge of being euthanized for various ailments. One wrap and they were 50% better, a couple of wraps and they literally added, you know, months if not years to their to their lifespan in a healthy way. So I strongly advise you to uh, to if you've got if you've got dogs and cats at home and I hope you do, nutrienttouch.com. Thank you Maggie Hale for that. All right. So let's uh, let's get into it. Let's get into my and Tracy's venture to SeaWorld and the Avian Department, the Avian Health Department, and away we go. We'll be back after it. Wildlife Care Network. Oh, wow. So, we are prepped for everything we need for an oil spill in the uh, event we have one off our coast. Um, and we also have a huge number of people in the park, uh, animal people that are trained in oil spill response. So it's ongoing training. You have to put in so many hours of training per year, and um, so it's a huge commitment on SeaWorld's part and on the individual's part. Um, we fortunately have not had a spill off the coast uh, directly off of San Diego, but there have been spills in Ventura and Santa Barbara. And, and you get some, yeah. The coast. yeah. And so we send people to the spills to help or they bring animals to sure. us. The last big spill in Ventura in 2015, yeah. they brought all the marine mammals that were affected here. So this changes from a bird center. We um, move everything out like of this room and we have an enclosure set up for the marine mammals. Hi. Hi. Um, set up in this room when they were dirty. When they go into that room to be washed, and dry. The number one thing affected by spills ordinarily is bird spills. So there have been huge spills all over the country and all over the world. And most the, most of the time, uh, it's birds that are affected. And it can be thousands, thousands of birds. Um, I worked at a spill in the Bay Area in 2007. There were about 3,000 birds uh, that were affected by that spill that we got in. 
you never know how many are actually infected because it's out in the ocean. Sure, of course. So you don't know what actually makes it too short. Um, the uh, birds are in horrible shape when they come in because as soon as that oil touches their feathers, they don't have any uh, way to keep warm and right. lose all their insulation. They can't dive under the water to, to fish, so they, and that's where they get their water. So they come in and they're extraordinarily dehydrated, extraordinarily emaciated, and it takes days to get them strong enough just so you can wash the oil off of them. So, oh, so those, wow, those you can't even do that right. Those away. cheery commercials of them going down to the site and right. scrubbing the oil right. off. It's like that's not it. No. That's not it. No. It's uh, mm. it's an incredible um, ordeal because all of those birds are too fed. In a big spill like that, we were starting at six in the morning and not finished until midnight, and we were two feeding them every hour and a half because every birds, single one, every single wow. one. And then we do blood tests on them when they come in to see how debilitated they are based on their blood work. Do you take, say that happened, could we call and come down and help? Do you yeah. take people? Do you? You wouldn't call, you wouldn't call SeaWorld, even if the birds or the animals all came here, you wouldn't call SeaWorld directly, you would call the Oil Wildlife Care Network. Um, because once a spill is active, enormous amount of equipment that will be required to supplement what you have. There was a drive going on recently. I can't remember. Don't throw away your mascara, your old mascara wands, right. because you can use those to like, you can like true? comb. Sure, I've never used a mascara brush, um, but I can imagine that that, could that be. For like for like the finer feathers and, and right. you just, you obviously will sterilize it. So where would you take them? Or just keep I don't know. To, yeah. I don't know. But I mean... I, I saw it on a scare, it would probably make a difference. But <laughs> <right>. We do. <laughs> but, but, you know, I mean, I could spread the word to General Hospital. It's like, don't throw away those, those you know, yeah, those, yeah, those temporaries. With a bag I can leave right. with a bag. To me, that would make, not that you want to reuse, you wouldn't want to have a plastic reuse thing. Mm -hmm. um, but the cleaning of the mascara, the mascara off those brushes, to me, is more work water and effort. That it would be better just to get some of the ones that um, that are that are that haven't been used yet. Get a package of those and rewash those as you're going along. Sure. Instead of taking everybody's mascara off of those little brushes. Don't know. Don't know. Just you know. Uh, we've used um, Q-tips. Sure. Work pretty well. Um, we use little toothbrushes. Those work really well. Um, fortunately, most of the birds that we get in that are oiled are big enough that a toothbrush is adequate. Oh, is it? They're talking about little passerines, little um, sparrows and things, right. and things like that that will get some kind of duck on them. And it's really hard to work around their eyes and um, whatnot. So I can see that being beneficial using those little tiny brushes. Right. What's the, um, what do you use? What's the, what's the solution that you use? Is it is it Dawn? Is it Dawn dishwashing stuff? All right. It may not be the best anymore. It's their commercial, actually. Um, yes. Yeah. It, it is. Right. And I will never say anything bad about that company because they donate so much. Do they really? To um, wildlife facilities. I don't think they ever have to pay for it. And uh, good. Go Dawn. Yeah. So I support them 100%. <laughs> when my birds get oiled.
Take it off? No. It was 640 grams. Oh. Okay, so we keep their head covered because it's less scary for them. And what I'm going to do is take out one body part at a time. And I'm going to assess him. You can see he's all blood feathers. So the feathers actually grow out like a drink in a drinking straw. And then the the outer part peels away and the feather is underneath. Oh. And that's how they grow. Wow. That looks fine. You're fine. I'm just running my fingers on his bones to make sure his bones are intact. And no blood or broken blood feathers. You feel his little body all over and see. Where was he that day? He was just by himself yeah. in jeopardy. Too little to be to be alone. And 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 they were able to catch him. Yeah, he can't fly. Oh, he can't fly. Mm -hmm. Oh wow, he's this big and he can't fly. Positive mom's nowhere around. Um, I mean, I, they watch it. They this was actually on a Navy that, base. Obviously. He came from the Navy base and they watch them. And if the mom doesn't show up for a long time, then they, uh, then they call this woman and she goes and picks him up. Look at you, not afraid of that beak. I'm just looking to make sure he's got nice pink coloring in his mouth. He doesn't have any parasites in his mouth. band on him, so I'm going to cover that part up again, I'm going to, so we use a, number, a color coding system, and orange is four, and brown is two. This is number 42? So he's number 24. Um, 42. 42. Top down. Okay. can't shave them like you can in the marine mammals. Mm -hmm. so. Frankly, this is easier to read than that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oops. Okay. Go ahead and keep holding them for a second. Okay. And then the last thing I'm going to do is give them a drink. Let me give him about 5% of his body weight. Okay. So now I'm going to have you pick him up like this and hold him against your chest. Tracy, will you take my sunglasses, please? Thank you. Open his mouth up and you can see his little breathing hole right there yep. in the middle of his mouth. Mm -hmm. So all I've got to do is miss, miss that. Miss that. Gulls have this uncanny ability to close their throat up. Really? Not today. So where's the breathing hole? I don't want to. Right in the middle of this. Oh, okay. Tunnel. Interesting. Okay. All right. I'm going to cover his head back up, and then I'm going to have you set him down in here. I'm sorry. That's all right. Hi, Cree.
and we don't know how dehydrated he is. It's a judgment call. So right. we always give them a drink when they first come in. Um, adult birds, we not only give them the drink, but we also give them subcutaneous fluids. Um, wow. Babies like this, because they've got all those feathers growing, can be trickier to give them the sub-Q fluids. We'll do it if we really feel like they need it, and I can still do it later today if I feel like he needs it. Um, with them, you give it right in here, not oh, on really? the back. Like right so, because we, we just came from, from uh, we had, in, they in, in took a seal, mm -hmm. uh, a sea lion, and, and the subcutaneous fluids in this large bubble. Mm -hmm. Is that what happens here too as well? Um, yeah, but they get the bubble here, and it dissipates very quickly. Does it? Um, and we don't give them the same volume. We, we yeah, tend to stick to two and a half to five percent of their body oh, gotcha. weight. And if too big of a bubble forms in one spot, we actually move the needle and stick them again somewhere else because their skin is very different than a marine mammal. Gotcha. And it doesn't tolerate gotcha. it as well. You can bruise them. And, um, Plus, if you're doing it there, there's a lot less there than we're dealing with that. The right. back of the right. body. Um, blood feathers. I, I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever heard the term, nor have I ever seen them that I that I was consciously aware of. All birds get them. That's I'm how feathers always grow. Depends. It doesn't matter if it's a hummingbird or a penguin. And and it's so it's like a plastic they, straw, and and, and, and then this and it just away. and it just recedes. The feather comes out and emerges when they first form. There's actually a tip on it, and they're pointy, and then that flakes off and the feather starts to emerge from that. No kidding. And it has a blood supply to it until the feather is all the way grown out. And then it doesn't. And then it doesn't because it's all feather. So wow. It's a huge energy output for them. And birds, depending on the species, penguins go through a catastrophic molt. So when they um, molt, they grow all of their feathers at the same time. They lose all their feathers at the same time, and they grow all new ones at the same time. So their whole body, first of all, they have to eat a lot because during molt, they can't go in the water to fish. So they gain body weight from that, plus they need the extra energy to form the new feathers. Then those feathers actually form under the skin, and pre-molt, they just look like blobs. I mean, they are, I've seen a cross-section of the skin during molt, and all the feathers form under the skin first, and then they push out all at the same time. That pushes all the old the old feathers out, and then all the new feathers grow in at the same time. It's almost like teeth. Yeah, like but that's like that must feel so oh, bizarre yeah. for them. Yeah, oh. they're miserable with a lot of energy. Yeah, they're miserable and the worst growth spurt in the world. People get really worried about them here in the park because they stand around and they pant and they look miserable and they're all shaggy and feathers are flying off and they look like they're malnourished or you know something is really wrong with them and or bloated right and, but yet it's a very normal part of their does this does this happen once twice i mean once, every year once a year once a year oh my God, and they do it every year and how long does it take Hopefully like for when those from when those beginning to end from the time they, their appetite picks up and they start eating a lot until they have their brand new feathers is probably a good six weeks. That's it? Yeah. Wow. And, but you think about it's it. kind of a long time. To go once the feathers start falling out, they can't go in the water. So they don't get to eat anything. So, for the whole time. Oh, I don't think that sounds like a long time at all. I think that sounds like a very, very short time for those things to grow. That's true. To be miserable, yes. it seems like a long time. A long time, time to be miserable? 
but but that's a lot to grow in that time, I suppose. Of course, know? then you think a chicken lays an you know gets lays an egg every day. I don't every know. Day I don't know what goes on birds, in the bodies of birds. birds don't know. Are, um, They're amazing. amazing. And I think the, the so they don't eat anything, or do other animals? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Do other animals bring them food, or they just don't eat? They're on their own. Oh. They're on their own. Um, they just go through it, and then you, know, you think about emperor penguins. I, I'm going way away from, from rescue animals, but I've worked here in the park for 20 years, and I know a lot about the. I work in the bird department. Aww. Okay. So we, we wrap those around their little legs and feet so that they're not used they're to... they're usually just in the water, no right. hard stuff. Right. Wow. The only time they're ever out of the water is when they're nesting, and they use the right stuff in their nests that it doesn't, it doesn't irritate them. Which would be what? What is the right stuff yeah. for a water bird? It reeds. Um, that are softened in the water and they'd be kind of slippery mushy. and slimy and mushy. Kelp? Um, they might use kelp, uh, but most of the birds that I'm talking about breed, even though they live in the ocean all the time, they breed inland uh, or along the coast. Oh. Sometimes even on, in rocky places where they will have to bring up things like kelp or sand. Um, oh. Which is also easier on them than sure. just keep it wet. Um, so they come in, we put socks on them, we do the whole... that stuff animal has socks on. Yes. It's <laughs> our demonstration animal. <laughs> Even though that's not a water bird. Well, it is. It's a puffin. Oh, it's a puffin. I thought, it was, a, I thought it was a penguin puffins, for a second. Puffins can walk on their feet. Um, birds that I'm talking about, like loons and breeds, their body uh, configuration is such that they can't stand up. Can they... They can, a loon can fly. They can fly. But they should stay on the water. Right. They, they land can fly on the from water. place to place. I didn't know. They land on the water. I didn't on. know a puffin was a water bird. They're, they also move most of their lives in the ocean because that's where their food is. They come to land to nest, and other than that, they're out in the water. Wow. Huh. But they do find places, rocky places, to roost at night, and, and their feet are a lot tougher, so they don't have that. A puffin really wouldn't have that soft on. So this is, and then this, this padded, oh. when we were dealing with them, oh. everything they touch it's is a gel. Yeah, so it's like soft. a memory foam. So uh, I'm not going to hold a bird on on this hard right. table. I'm going to set them on there. This is in it. This is part of SeaWorld. Mm -hmm. Part of SeaWorld Rescue. Mm -hmm. We actually are one team. So mm -hmm. the mammal people, and these are all people that will work. I'm one of the few that doesn't go back and forth, and the reason for that is the bird department used to take care of all the birds, bird rescue. Um, a few years ago, Cyril decided to merge, to have one team taking care of all the rescue animals. Sure. It reduces um, contamination to the collection animals, and so we have one team that takes care of marine mammals, turtles, and birds. They pulled only two people out of the bird department. Everybody else is a mammal person. So uh, myself and one other person who's not here today uh, have been teaching all the mammal people who know rehab. Sure. They need to just transfer those skills of course. to birds. And um, so two of us have the expertise in birds to try and teach them everything we know, which is a big task. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. When I was here four years ago, we went uh, and saw the, the penguin exhibition, e exhibit. 
but there was a whole kind of initial, it looks like, like this when you walk in, and I don't, I don't, they were doing diagnostics, I think a chick had just been born, so, but, so that's all collection related. This is all You're rescue right related. Yeah, I reckon, I, I, yes, I went, and, uh, I know that door. <laughs> and we actually get our fish that we feed our birds from them in the morning. Okay. But they set a bucket by the door and we reach in and grab our bucket, we don't enter the building. And we have to change our shoes before we go. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. So we don't cross contaminate. Wow. We don't want anything hard on their wings, so if they're going to hit something, we want them to hit this nice soft wow. vinyl. And then if they're only going to be in here for a short time, we don't put anything down on the bottom. We just use this netting because every time they move, the pressure is going to be on a different spot. Right. We're still going to put the socks on them because even though this is pretty soft netting, that will still rake up their legs and their feet. So we want them to be um, uh, protected. If they're going to be in for a long time, we set it up like this, where we've got a uh, mattress. Oh, okay. In here, it's nice and soft. And we can disinfect it, um, but it's going to protect them, that keel bone oh, and their uh, their legs a lot more than just just the netting. The beauty of this is put them in that, and they're going to poop all over themselves and slide right. through it, and it's going to damage their waterproof. Their own poop destroys their waterproof, just like oh, yeah. petroleum. Um, this, the poop falls through sure. to the floor. It doesn't get on the feathers as badly. They stay a lot cleaner, so there are a lot of advantages to using just this if you can get away with it. Right. So if they're oiled, um, we separate them from any other. We do get oiled birds every year. There's, uh, there are natural seeps out in the ocean. These pelagic birds are swimming along. They can't see the oil on the surface. They swim through it and they get these big swaths of tar. Um, we've been to Santa Barbara. Sure. You've seen the tar balls. Oh, of course, of course. Those come from somewhere. Those are natural seeps that walk up from the ocean. But they'll, they'll get those, they'll end up on our beaches down here in the same shape as a, a bird would be from, from, from a, a spill. Mm -hmm. So we'll get. Some years we've gotten 40 or 50 in a year, wow. some years one or two, um, but we're always prepared for it. We keep them separate until they're washed, but we go through that whole process of minimally 72 hours of stabilization. Then we do a second blood test to see if they've recovered enough, and we can tell that by their total protein volume and their hematocrit, um, whether they're strong enough to withstand the wash. Then they go through the wash process. Um, then they'll go into a clean bin, and we use those blowers with these little PVC things that shoot up from underneath to keep the top covered and dry them from underneath. And it's that's great. I mean, it's a gentle blow, right? Yeah, it's yeah. and they can move in and out of the force when they saw it. Right. Um, so that's they great. They look so industrial. Strength. They really do. It's wow. like yeah, we, it, which is good. It's got four settings on it, so we can make it, um, and it's. Temperature, well, pretty much blows the same no matter whether you've got it on the lowest high or highest. Right. Um, we'll use those same blowers. We'll put them on the side and point them at a pelican that's been washed. And uh, we use these bins for the large birds like herons, big herons, and egrets. And, yeah, uh, great egrets, wow. pelicans, uh, cormorants. We will go in here. Those birds are all birds that roost on land, uh, yeah. so they can tolerate being on the 
hard ground, but we cover them with those mats and they're on this rack here just to protect their feet a little bit. And uh, maybe sick pelicans and whatnot in them, they, they'll live inside here. Um, we can make them warm. Uh, we can put sure. padding underneath them if we need to, whatever we need. And then when they're strong enough, they'll go out to these, one of these flights out here. I'm not going to open this door because I've got a, uh, the, the spazzy bird out here, so I don't spazzy want to bird. bother him. This poor gull here had one of the worst hook injuries I've <gasps> ever seen. Oh. It, was all, it was all the way in his leg, and it was really a huge hook, and it just obliterated the muscle in his leg. Then the line was wrapped around the other leg really tightly, so he couldn't feel it. Basically lost the feeling in it. He couldn't stand up for about five days at all. He looks good. And now he looks really good. So I'm very pleased. Who brought him in? Or did, did, we, did we find oh, him? We went and got him. Somebody called, reported call. it, and we went out and got Is him. he going to go back out? Uh-huh. Cool. That's our, our goal, just like with the mountain. Absolutely. Oh, oh there's fish. Oh, there's fish. So, and then we've got... Oh, and, who, and that's, is that the one that got his toe amputated? Yes. Where? Can you see him back up? That's, that's actually a, a juvenile gray blue heron. Oh, my goodness. Reason that they're like this, they want the sides on them so the birds, the seabirds, uh, they need a long distance to take off. They can't generally get out. Gotcha. Um, plus, every time they're walking around, we don't want them to see us. So sure. It's a visual barrier. Sure. As well. uh, right now, we don't have any seabirds, which is really unusual. Um, these pools, if we have a spill, we have to have these out of here. We have 48 hours to get everything of ours out of this building. Oh, because they come in and take this helpful facility over. So we've got these two indoor pools that we use when the birds are more critical and we have to wash them really closely. We've got this pool that we run warm water into for a bird that's waterproofing isn't perfect. And so we want them to be able to spend as much time on the water. Without freezing. Without sure. chilled. Right. So that's what that pool is for. We actually have salt water formed in here because the pools have to run continually. And um, we oils from there floats to the surface of the water, and if it's not constantly overflowing uh, out of the pool, then the oils will collect on the feathers and damage the water. So it's incredibly, wow. incredibly difficult to take care of seabirds. Um, these are our watch tables. Um, so we, this is where we use the dawn and sure. we the lock and we use uh, Water that's in the, between 102 and 108 degrees, so it's got to be really warm. Body temperature of a bird is generally between 102 and 108. Uh, uh, most birds are run right around 105, so they are hot-blooded, high metabolism. Um, we also use those tables to rinse, and for the seabirds, we put them on this. Again, we don't want to mess with their putting it on a hard surface, so we've got this little net thing we came up with. Um, but those have little things that come up, and they all interlock like Velcro, and the birds preen and get all those things hooked together, and that's what makes them waterproof. It's not the oil from their preen gland. That's more like using conditioner on your hair. It just keeps the feathers supple. Um, it's, the, it's the way they preen their feathers. So, Keep that pinched and hold it down just under the surface of the water, and it'll take a second for him to 
Hey, what do we got? Monty. Yeah. As she starts swimming for it um, and gets a couple of feet away, then just let like it go. Like now. Oh. So, oh okay. Well. My fault, Monty. I've got some words. My fault. That's all right. You can get, he'll grab two. Okay. There you go. Come here, baby. And how about that? Yeah. Okay. We've been tong feeding him for so long that I think that he's getting, he's gotten very clued, cued in on that red and he tries to bite at it. And now we're trying to get him to eat it like it was real. And by letting it go, it starts to sink a little bit. So we're not feeding him just at the surface. But he can't dive very far. Tracy? Come up and. It's all right. I mean, it's okay. Good job, Monty's doing great. He is doing great. So tomorrow, when we clean the pool, we'll have to uh, take him out of here. So we'll very carefully lift him up by a shell and put him into a little temporary pool. Another stupid question. Yes. No stupid is the shell soft? Nope. It isn't. And right now it's covered with algae because it's spending so much time on the surface. Interesting. And so, so you want so you want to kind of maybe do it a little deeper? Uh, not too deep. Not too deep. It just drops it. But you could let it go a little bit sooner. Like right now. So we've had him since October, so November, December, January, nine months to get him to this point. Wow. We'll have him for at least another year. Really? Okay. At least another year. Because what will happen is by the time he, he is, I mean, he's starting to improve quickly now, I'm hoping. Uh-oh. We'll have to scoop out the bottom of the pool because it's going to fish down there already. Monty! He's not the sharpest tool in the shed. Go get it. That was perfect. That's... Yeah, because he went down yeah. slightly. Excuse me? No one invited you. Good girl. Good, 
boy, Monty. He just got confused for a second. He needed a break. He needed, he needed, he needed to let it settle. Yeah, that's right. Okay, you are back in the studio with me, your preservationist, conservationist host, Carolyn Hennessy. Thank you for watching. Dr. Kelsey Herrick, that's who you just spent the last 30 minutes with, Dr. Kelsey Herrick. And she's, again, soft-spoken, maybe you had to strain a little bit, but what she says is absolutely invaluable, powerhouse of, of an animal lover and a wonderful animal healer. Okay, so join us in two weeks for the last of our love letters to SeaWorld when we, when Tracy and I uh, participate in some surgeries on animals, on sea lions. It was extraordinary. And uh, yeah, we donned our, we donned our hospital blues and, uh, and kind of got right in there with these girls who, they're young, they're like young whippersnappers and they just, they're just saving marine life right and left. So please join us uh, in two weeks for that. I will thank in abstentia Andrea Cohen, who, Andrea Cohen, Andrea Compton, sorry, I've lost my mind, um, who makes this program go. She's, she's, she is producer extraordinaire, and I love my Andrea Compton more than life itself. Grace Stafford, the Alpha and the Omega, as far as I am concerned, my animal mentor, and uh, he who just cannot be stopped. He's a wonderful, wonderful advocate. So clear, so concise, so eloquent. Tracy Powell, one of my best friends, who is, uh, is really excited now to accompany me on this uh, journey to save species, to save lives, to do as much as I can, and now as much as we can. So she's kind of become my, my partner in animal advocacy, and I am so, so grateful uh, to her. Quentin, thank you for running the board today. Tony Sweet, the handsomest man in radio. Uh, thank you so much, and again, thanks to SeaWorld for sponsoring. Thanks to Nutrient Touch for sponsoring. Here's a little tidbit that I kind of forgot to forgot to mention up top. Two weeks ago, I was the keynote speaker at the Hubs SeaWorld Research Institute fundraising gala, and that was an extraordinary moment for me because I'm sitting in front of scientists, the actress is gonna to talk to scientists. And if you don't think that was a surreal moment, well, you, you, you don't know, you don't know, because it was. Everyone had to lower their IQ by about 100 points in order to, to actually you know, understand me. Because I, um, I was just in awe of everybody. But it went very well, and a lot of money was raised to continue the Hubs SeaWorld Research Institute's incredible work down there in San Diego. So that was a lot of fun. And now we come to the end of the episode. I am just thrilled that you all were here today for that. And we will see you in two weeks. Please remember in everything that you do, cultivate the preservationist heart. It will stand you in such good stead and take you a long, long way. Major karma points, okay? Love the animals around you. All right, we'll see you in two weeks. Thanks so much, bye-bye.